Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? We're looking for a new lead singer in our band, Chubby Boys. You are the perfect man. I can only be in your band if you spell boys with two I's and a Z. (laughs) Can I please come into your band? I tell you, I have the most absolutely ferocious voice in all of Norway. Let's see another, hear another sample, please. Do you want to hear the the thunder of Odin's hooves? Uh As if they just, they trample their way through the studio. Are you ready to hear the yawping of the many... Yep. The many wolves and the hawks that Get come it. from my fingers. Uh-huh. Here we go. <laughs> and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kitzel. That's Marcus Parks in Los Angeles. We have death metal, Henry Zabrowski. Black metal, rather. Black metal, yeah. god damn <laughs> It is difficult. It is extremely difficult. That's what we're talking about today. It's Norwegian Black Metal Part 1. Oh, yeah. This is a whole series. A whole series. I have to say, full disclosure, I cannot tell any of these bands apart. (laughs) They all look like the girl in the well from the movie The Ring. They have long hair. They look like they've been weeping and just, like, sitting in water for a long time. And it sounds like you're living in a nuclear warhead. I don't know what this music is. You haven't spent a long enough time with it. I've been listening to it the last five days straight since we started working on the episode. Again, I think Marcus is going to bring this up in the show. I'm also like, I'm a heavy metal fan. I'm pretty casual, but I like traditional like thrash metal. Like I like sure. Metallica, the stuff that you get at the record store. Now that I'm starting to listen to it, I fucking love it. Yeah. And then now it's, you go past that, that lip. If you listen to it long enough, now I can pick them out. I'm like, oh, okay, that's Bathory. That's Mayhem. Uh. Burzum is the one that sounds like a nerd taking his pants off. It does sound like a big fat man. And slowly revealing his asshole while that d- ominous oh, music my. plays in the background. <laughs> so is it fair to say we won't be getting into Third Eye Blind in this episode? Is that right? Third Eye Blind will be largely ignored during this series. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the early 90s Norwegian black metal scene is among the most notorious in music history. From 1991 to 1993, this small corner of the music world produced murder, suicide, arson, and some of the best music of the metal genre. I have a question. Would you agree? Wait, 
the black metal scene to like the East Coast, West Coast rap battles of the early 90s. You know, I was thinking that, and I think the only reason it didn't get as much um, press is because these guys uh, look like human marshmallows with eyes. <laughs> and uh, skinny, skinny marshmallows. marshmallows. Skinny marshmallows. Yeah, they're just soft. They're like, uh, yeah, I, forget, I think there's a Simpsons episode where they go into a different uh, dimension and Homer can just be like poked through. Yeah. They look like they have bodies like that. Yeah, they all look like the, what was it, the arm from Twin Peaks, The Return. Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, these guys are very, uh, it's very specific, right? Mm. But they were huge in Norway. In Scandinavia, in Europe, the black metal controversies were massive. Yeah. Like they were like, they were all over the place. They were all over the tabloids. We just didn't get them as much because metal, which is normal metal in the US was seen as uh, very evil. Right. So when we were seeing, like that stuff was just like forbidden. We didn't get half that black metal stuff unless you were a huge, huge fan. Right, Marcus? Well, black metal, metal never really took hold in America. Hmm. Uh, there's plenty, of course, plenty of black metal fans and a lot of black metal bands. We met an awesome black metal band in North Carolina just this weekend. Hello, how you doing, boys? Yeah, they gave us a vial of their blood. Yeah, it's in my yeah. office. Now. And you guys kept it. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Marcus kept it. You should have seen because the security guy was right next to me and he's like, man, you gotta check this out. It's a vial of my fucking blood. My girlfriend's <laughs> been keeping it for a year. And the security officer's next to me and he's like, do you want me to like whale on him <laughs> <laughs> amazing like, security no, no, yeah. at the show yeah. in north carolina yeah. and they were not needed because the people were wonderful absolutely not the black metal dudes were were awesome i made friends good yeah. good yeah yeah but it never really took hold in america like it took hold in europe and mm. like you said you know like in the early 90s we were more concerned of tupac and biggie tupac biggie what was kurt cobain up to yeah and of course the satanic panic which we've talked about on a regular basis and we yeah. do the, when we do the west memphis three we'll get more into that too yeah we never really got into black metal because nobody was listening to black metal in America right. at the time. Now, first off, this mm. episode would not be possible without the fantastic book Lords of Chaos by Michael Moynihan and Diedrich Söderlin. It's so good. It's great. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and I know some people take issue with this book's veracity, but I couldn't really find specifically what it was that people took issue with. The only person that I could really see that had a lot to say uh, about this book as far as what's true and what's not yeah. is uh, Varg Vikernes, uh, who is not the most trustworthy of people in the first place. Why not? He Why always has a thing to say. Always. He always has something to say. He's constantly he's constantly running his fucking mouth. He's somewhere between the Snowden slash Timothy McVeigh of the black metal scene. He loves <laughs> to talk. So um, he's a sociopathic, a sociopathic leaker? Is that yes. what's happening? Okay. Yes. I'd say he's a leaker. Uh, all right. In uh, uh, his pants. <laughs> because he's peeing his pants. Oh, it's a funny I joke. See. But I, he is, uh, he's always full of... I I think what you make a good observation here is that the, oh these are this whole shit was done by teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the I mean this is all kids in their late teens, early 20s. This is a music scene, for fuck's sake. Right. If there is any place for rumor, misremembering things, and hearsay, it is a music scene involving a bunch of children. So you don't want to put them on the stand. <laughs> so if you're a prosecutor and you find out that the only people that you have to uh, to call to the stand are metalheads, just leave them at home. Well, it all depends on the metalhead. And also in the black metal scene, I'll always saw, like I could just always imagine the face of the cops 
talking to each one of these guys and just the miles of eye rolling. Like if you could just put together the inches of eye rolling together, would go to the moon and back. Yeah, and we're also we're gonna say this right up top. We know that some people take metal and specifically black metal very seriously. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things the early black metal scene was proud of is that they never ever laughed. Never. Ooh, that's kind of fun. That's sad. They don't laugh. <laughs> they do the, huh. Like, it has to be a rueful snort is the only thing a black meddler will use. No laughing aloud. Uh, personally, I am a very casual metal fan, uh, or at least casual compared to people like our good friend and mod of the Snake Pit. Our Facebook group has become... Lupe Rodriguez, Ooh. who I want to thank for all of his help on this episode. I've been texting Lupe almost damn near every night, uh, bothering the shit out of him, Good. asking him everything uh, that he knows uh, about black metal and where to go. So this uh, th Lupe has been invaluable uh, during this episode. You're telling me if they watched a Gallagher special, they wouldn't crack a smile. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that? Because I do not believe that's true. This is Norway. Come on. Him sitting on that big couch when he's got the fucking the, the roller skates on the trampoline. Europeans <laughs> love that dumb they shit. They love it. They love all of that. That's silly. And when, when he did the world map, but using food to represent the <laughs> cities and states. Oh my God. <laughs> but nevertheless, even though we are pretty casual fans, we're still going to give it our best shot to try to do it all justice. Let's start with just how vast the genre of metal is and why black metal in particular mm. is of a special breed. <laughs> this is my new fucking riff. I literally, for the day. I just pictured the women leaving me in seventh grade when you saying that. <laughs> yeah, I guess like the that's more like thrash, but like the yeah, like you're on a man, it's fucking good. It is if a if a treadmill could scream when I was on it, that's what it would sound like. Now let's go through some of the subgenres of metal, and I'm gonna put this up top. If any of you fuckers out there manages to mix any of these subgenres in front of an actual metal fan, you will get jackknifed. <laughs> you are. They take these subgenres very seriously. Yeah, I've oh, learned yeah. a lot about these. And I'm sure we're going to get plenty of tweets about, well, actually, I would say that uh, Gogoloth is more death metal than black metal, uh, but like, you, know, know. you can really just say whatever you want about it, I suppose, I but you're know. wrong. I don't know. I kind of agree I with that know. troll there. Golgoroth is a lot more like whatever else you said and nope. other, not like the other thing you said. Well, death metal is essentially the over-the-top slasher movie of the subgenre Ooh. with songs like Regurgitation of Giblets and Malignant <laughs> Defecation by Carcass. I love... I have they just been sitting, like, with a camera in my bathroom? Is that how they name these songs? The, why did the American Medical Association adopt these terms? Forget choking and uh, CPR. It's the regurgitation of giblets and the, the malignant defecation. If you, are a little, if you are a little bound up, we've got just the thing for you. It'll give you malignant defecation. Um, uh, Mr. Anderson, mm -hmm. uh, please, please sit down. Is that your wife, uh, ma'am? I'm gonna need to ask you to leave the room. Uh oh, um, this isn't good. I'm sorry. Um, you have stage four malignant defecation. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> you could have lightened I it up know. a little bit with a joke or something. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't laugh. I'm a black metal doctor. God <laughs> damn it! Why did we come to you? And then you've got blunt force castration and submerged in boiling flesh 
by Cannibal Corpse. What's that one about? <laughs> I think submersion boiling flesh technically means he went to Six Flags and he forgot his sunblock. Yes. So he's just burnt and second degree burnt. Oh my goodness. I, I just think about uh, scenes from the documentary for uh, Unit 731. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. They did that in real life. Oh yeah, man. Yes. Now, interestingly, death metal has two main points of origin. Stockholm, Sweden, which makes sense, mm-hmm. and Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Good luck, Tampa. I hope Tampa's doing okay. That's yeah. like yes. fucking... My family's just sitting there like your family, Kissel. Yep. You're waiting for this hurricane, just hoping that Odin shows up yeah. and saves them. <laughs> I will say my parents, uh, they're in Fort Lauderdale. My brother and his husband there as well, our future husband, and they are cocky right now. They, aren't they? Didn't they send oh, you they're Didn't cocky. they send you a picture of your brother's fiance wearing a clown suit on the beach? On the beach. <laughs> and I said, what? It was so horrifying, more horrifying than this new Pennywise. Is he getting and then my, paid to do yeah, viral marketing for it? <laughs> I don't know. And then my brother-in-law, or future brother-in-law, was just like, just wanted to ease the tension. <laughs> It's one of the most horrifying <laughs> pictures I've ever seen. Anyway, yes, we're, we're with you, the people of Florida. We love you. Uh, then there's doom metal with bands like Witchfinder General and St. Vitus, which our local metal venue here in Greenpoint is presumably named after. Hello, St. Vitus. We okay. love you very much. Oh, absolutely. And we'll be back very soon. I love St. Vitus. Then there's folk metal, a personal favorite of mine, with bands like Fintroll and Torisas, mm. uh, which also has the subgenre of pirate metal, with bands like Alestorm and Swashbuck. I don't like pirates. It's fun! <laughs> I, I don't like pirates. I don't like pirate-themed things. I didn't do good uh, in Tampa when they did the whole, but they have a pirate festival. I've never enjoyed pirate lexicon or any of that. The yeah. whole Tampa, the whole narrative is about pirates. You got the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, the Cubans football Cubans built that city. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cubans did. To honor the pirates. <laughs> Quick, uh, dog meat. What does Fintroll and Teresa sound like? What does folk metal sound like? Oh, not so hard. Oh, not so hard. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Or like Lederhosen mm-hmm. fitting music. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of like, boom, dum, 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 I like it. Yeah, I went and saw, uh, what is it, cool. Pagan Fest at uh, uh-huh. BB King's a few years ago with my friend Megan. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Teresa's played that uh, along with a couple other folk metal bands. It was super fucking fun. They did it's a really pa- fun to watch live. They did a Pagan Fest at BB King's? Yeah. Yes. I can imagine there was a lot of very intrigued customers <laughs> uh, when they walked into BB King's Jazz Club when it was Pagan Fest. Oh, well, no, they- dear. I thought it said Bacon Fest. I, uh, oh, oh. Uh, oh, I think I'm getting my defecation problem back. Oh, <laughs> oh this is a stage niner. <laughs> defecation. And then there's Grindcore with Napalm Death, yeah. Anal Cunt, and Pig Destroyer. I know you like Grindcore. I do. I went to see Napalm Death live. They are, again, I don't understand any of the music, and I was very disappointed in the moshing of the children these days. They yeah. don't touch one another, which I thought was very strange. I was never allowed to mosh uh, after eighth grade due to my size. <laughs> um, that was quite disappointing. We used to do a lot in sixth, seventh grade. It's kind of funny how it's a, it's a world based off total chaos, but somehow they managed to regulate you out of <laughs> well, the mosh I pit. Just- <laughs> like, they managed to be like, we all have decided, all of us lovers of total mayhem, that Kissel cannot be in. Not, we love mayhem, but we don't love it. Like, that's too much mayhem. Um, I remember the, the moment I stopped moshing. I was moshing with my friends Pete, Matt, and Jared. Jared was a tiny one, and I sent him into the bleachers. <laughs> and uh, I believe he got, like, bloody, and it was it was sad for him. Well, then you've got Metalcore, a.k.a. Hot Topic Metal, uh, with Ooh. terrible bands like Hate Breed, Kill Switch Engage, Atreyu, As I Lay Dying, 
Uh, these are truly like metalcore is barely metal. It's emo metal, mm-hmm. pretty much. Oh. But and we don't want to offend the listeners who might like that kind of music. I, w- I was a big fan of Hot Topic. Hey, I actually I I played bass in an awful metalcore band yeah. when I was a freshman in college. This is where his hate comes from. This is where <laughs> oh, the hate comes from. He understands. <laughs> yeah. Is metalcore with is that kind of like what's it like? A, save me, yeah. come on, save me from the dark. It's great music to listen to when you're in a DMV line, you know, <laughs> waiting to get your uh, driving permit, something like that. <laughs> then you also got Speed Metal, that's your Motorhead and Judas Priest, yeah, which cool. dovetails with Thrash Metal, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Pantera. This is pretty much the most well-known and most successful genre. And also, it's the it's the one genre that the guys from Black Metal, they actually those are the ones that they, they appreciate the most. All those top-tier yeah. guys, they always talk about Judas Priest, they always talk about Metallica, mm-hmm. they talk about Motorhead and Pantera. That's how they would meet up. Where they would come from Sweden, Norway, and meet up at these big bands, these big shows, and like that's where they would sell their metal in front of it, which is kind of cool about how like they have their also very strict hierarchy of who's cool and who's not. And Priest is all because like they're like, I'd much rather see a band like Priest, something that truly rocks, truly masculine, than the political trippipants of Napalm Death. They, they fucking hate Napalm. The black metal guys really? hate Napalm Death. They Nap- called it trend music. It's a little kicky. They kick their feet a lot. They're like little soccer players. Little Steve Nash is out there who's also a basketball player, but he's very good at soccer. I saw Motorhead and Judas uh, Priest, and it was one of the best experiences of my life, man. So mad. Uh, uh, who's the fellow? Oh, my God. No, I pre- Lemmy? No, not Lemmy. Uh, Hetfield? Rob ha- Rob Halford? Uh, Halford, yeah, yeah. He comes out on a motorcycle and everything. Yeah. He's driving he's- too fast. <laughs> and I love the song Breaking the Law after you realize what his lifestyle is like, and you know it's about butt sex. Yes. In like, in the, he yes. wrote it in like Utah. He's like, how do I break the law in Utah? Meanwhile, all these, all these these truckers and bikers are like, I think it's about guns. And it's like, no, no, no it's about it butt sex. It is about me just, just you know, getting stabbed in my fucking plums by a tiny man, the, the tiniest man I could find because he's metal. I also feel like Rob Halford, it's like, because what is more metal than playing with your butthole? That's well, it. Honestly. Well, we'll actually get to that in uh, episode two. Oh. And, of course, let's not forget our old friend from high school, mm. New Metal, with bands like Korn, Deftones, and uh, Slipknot. Which we can thank uh, them for, for the microscopic, tiny, bladed beard (laughs) that runs along just the chin, like an outline of your face. I love it. That sadly, most of these men are on the softer side. And so it just sort of looks like a thong is wrapped around their head, just like with their fat just coming out from the bottom yeah. of it. Yeah, Matt Hardy, one of the best tag teams of all time, the Hardy Boys. Matt Hardy has that look, but he's a badass dude. All right. Yeah. All right. But none of them, as far as being the true distillation of evil, brutality, horror, and straight-up self-serious goofiness, <laughs> can even come close to black metal. Ooh. Now, black metal, they realize at very, the very beginning that they have to be actually evil. Yeah. Mm. In order to really make their mark, they have to go out there and they have to they have to make an impression. They got to they got to change some shit around. They got to bring some heat to themselves. Yeah. Right. Now, there are two distinct eras of black metal. The first wave being Venom, Bathory, and Hellhammer with Burzum, Emperor, Dark Throne, and of course, the focus of this series Mayhem mm. coming in the second wave. It's very fun yet nerdy names. It's so nerdy. Okay. Oh, we are going to get into the nerdiness of this. Bursum is it? We're going to get into Varg Viker. Varg Vikerness? Vikerness. It's either Vikerness or Vikerness. I I think Varg Vikerness probably makes more sense. Varg Vikerness. 
uh, is the nerdiest man to ever play. Really? <laughs> and he ta- he takes Lord of the Rings to be completely factually true. Yeah. Like, because the way he, ta- he spins it, he has a whole viewpoint where he spins it into North myth, and he has a, like a whole thing. It's very, it's very interesting. And nerdy. Yeah. Varg Vigorous also sounds like he should have gone into playing political satire music on the piano. <laughs> that's a fun, a Varg Vigorous ta- talking about Gerald Ford. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, You can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and I was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue Nile bling she's got on her right now get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code last podcast at blue Nile.com that's $50 off with code last podcast at blue Nile.com blue Nile.com One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. 
Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, black metal would arguably not exist without an English band called Venom, who coined the term black metal in their 1982 album of the same name. Now, Venom were among the first to use overt, no room for interpretation, satanic imagery. But the thing is with Venom is none of them took it seriously. They had the pentagrams, the goats, and fucking awesome songs with titles like In League with Satan. <laughs> but these are mostly just like rock and rollers who like theatrics, and they just thought the Satan stuff was fun. They were just having they're, fun with it. They're so much, honestly, they're great. They're yeah. really great. They're, they're a lot of fun. It's very like ACDC if it was like totally about Satan. Yeah. They have a, they have a whole Black Mass album. But they were just doing it to get laid. Yeah, sure. And of course, you have to give the kids something that'll anger their parents. And yeah. what angers yeah. parents more than satanic imagery? Oh, without a doubt, man. But nevertheless, even though they didn't take it seriously, Venom laid down the foundations of the black metal aesthetic. Extreme opposition to anything Judeo-Christian except <clears throat> Satan. Good. Almost constant blasphemy and absolutely ridiculous theatrics. For example, the names. The guys in Venom, their real names were Jeff, Tony, and Conrad. Oh, my goodness. They sound, they sound like a bowling team. <laughs> yes. Yes. They sound like the three guys at IT that you don't talk to. They, when you go past the, they stop talking when you go past the door because they're saying something weird in there. Yeah, the guys at the desk who are just violently headbanging while they insert data onto an Excel sheet. But on stage, Venom were Kronos, Mantis, Ooh. and Abaddon. Yeah. They don't sound like a bowling team at all. <laughs> no, man, it's like two real dog meat the truth. That's wow. what we're doing, yeah. man. Holy, it's so much cooler. <laughs> and that is, you know, that's a lot of fun. But the black metal guys took it all seriously. When one Norwegian black metal musician was confronted with the fact that Venom openly said on multiple occasions that the whole thing was just an act for entertainment purposes only, the black metaler said, quote, We choose to believe otherwise. So it's basically everyone who listens to InfoWars and takes Alex Jones seriously. <laughs> yes. Okay. But I also believe in the magical properties of choosing a name. Uh, obviously, I think that yeah. if you really do believe, like a lot of these guys did, like Varg Vikernes, did believe, which is that they are, they are performing ritual magic. The part of it, it's you don a persona. Yeah. Like you, you come up with a new guy and then that guy becomes your avatar to do magic work through. Yeah, in no world does anyone want to go see Jeff, Tony, and Conrad. <laughs> That's not happening. The, the seats are empty. They're just eating all the cheese for pay. So after Venom came Merciful Fate, fronted by the wonderful soul that is K. 
King Diamond. Yeah! Yes! Hail King Diamond! <laughs> Diamond took the theatrics a step further, attaching two human leg bones tied together in an upside-down cross to his mic for live shows. Have you ever seen yeah. live seen footage it. of King Diamond? It's fucking sick. I also it's can't cool. I can't imagine anyone being like, there's no way this isn't serious. This is deadly serious. It's two human leg bones, of course. How'd you get those leg bones? <laughs> There's just a poor girl in the back sitting on ice. Go, King Diamond, go. I'm so glad to give something back to the concert. Now, if somebody could just tie up the ends of these pants that would be good. so people could stop seeing my stubs. Oh, like the pinky toe of the nihilist from Big Lebowski just standing there, just sitting there like, I think I made a mistake. At some point, the mistake sets in. Well, King Diamond also introduced the now almost standard black and white face paint. But while Venom were essentially drunken good timers, using the whole thing to sell records and get laid, King Diamond actually believed in all the shit he was singing about. And then came Bathory in Sweden. Led by a man dubbed Quarthon, Bathory <laughs> introduced the atmospheric yet relentless lo-fi sound that came to typify black metal. It's so good. It's it amazing. Is, it's problematic. Yeah, some get of the into lyrics. Sort of what they talk about some shit. Uh, but the, but oh, yeah. we'll, we'll cover we'll cover the the problematic nature of some of their We'll cover that here later. Okay. But before that, let's get a taste of Bathory's debut considered by many to be the first black metal album. Let's listen to the first few seconds of a song called Hades. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> This has been me fucking all week. Yeah. That is just a very, very, very small taste. Go listen to that entire album. It is fantastic. It's incredible. You can almost visualize George Went as your father knocking on your door requesting you turn it down. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep, it, keep it down with that racket. Dad, I'm listening to Bathory. <laughs> what happened to your voice, son? I don't know. I just started singing along to the album and I sound like this now. <laughs> Good lord. It's like Cindy Lauper after smoking an entire pack of cigarettes. <laughs> well, fun fact about Bathory, one of the founding members went on to become an extremely successful oh. music video director responsible for such hits as Madonna's Ray of Light mm. and Maroon 5's Moves Like Jagger. Interesting. Well, thank you, not thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to, Actually, I kind of like Ray of Light. You like Ray of Light by Madonna? If you think about how fun it is to be a Ray of Light, and then you're going to spread goodness, and then a whole series of other There's things. There's nothing fun about that. Well, it's fun. <laughs> There's nothing fun about that. We just listened to Bathory, and you're going to say you go like for some Ray, Ray of Light by Madonna? This reminds me of when all of my friends bought metal records, Sepultura, Pantera, and I bought uh, uh, Tragic Kingdom from No Doubt. We put it, <laughs> I told this story before. We put it in with a three-CD changer, and every time a song from No Doubt came on, they beat me up until it was was done. Yeah, of course. Because I didn't realize that it's different. Death of False Metal. So it's Sepultura, who else? And It no- was Sepultura, Pantera, and I was like, I'll get no doubt. So it's like... And- <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome music. And, and then right afterwards, uh, there's Spiderwebs. <laughs> that was a song about 
relationship. That was a song about relationships. And why didn't he call her back? Have we thought about that? Gavin, I'm looking at you. She's screening her phone calls. Yeah, that's it. It's a whole song about just how she's screening and her spider phone. webs, which are symbolic of like, oh my God, there's so many different options. I feel like I'm stuck in life. You guys wouldn't understand. <laughs> I'm going to wail on you. I'm going to get over there. I'm going to jump through the Skype, and I'm going to fucking drop kick Yeah, you. I will say those songs could not have ended fast enough. As soon as they just beat the hell out of me. So in 1998, Bathory began to move away from Satanism and really got into Norse mythology with the amazing album Blood, Fire, Death. But... In addition to satanic and Norse themes, Bathory also dipped a toe into Nazi imagery, particularly in the song Under the Runes. But it's kind of how it all gets flipped towards mm. Nazi territory, right? Because like Under the Runes is supposed to be about this kind of concept, which Varg Vikernes also brings up about burning the churches. What he says is, is that what you're supposed to do symbolically, you're burning these things that get into the soil because that's where our pagan roots are. Under the Runes means where it's like in certain churches, they would put runes around the sides of the doors. So basically, so you're burning them, so which was because that was supposed to just be a nod to the old pagan culture. Now we're going to replace it all with Christianity. They're supposed to be about like the idea of Asathru and like the, the the pantheon of Norse gods and all that shit. But the thing is, is that as soon as the Nazis use it, you can't get it back. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time they try to use it, because they put like it was the well, I forget what it was the tri hammers. It was some kind of symbol that they used. Yeah. It was like flaming hammers. That was like a thing that the Nazis used. And then they used that and just like, you know, they just ruined it. I'm sorry, yeah. man. They well, I mean, the Nazi branding was more powerful than Christianity because you, you associate swastikas now obviously with them as opposed to the original purpose. Absolutely. Now, one of the things we know about black metal is that it's got a hell of a Nazi problem, both yeah. in its past and currently. But so does every extreme music genre of the last 40 years. Neil Young doesn't. <laughs> he's, he's not, not extreme. extreme. He's extreme. He's not extreme. Oh, he's I'm not going to talk. I don't want to talk too much on this episode. He needs a fucking maid because his house is life. filthy. <laughs> Have you listened to he Man Needs a Maid? Literally, it's a song about him being too lazy to clean his own apartment. Yeah, that's really extreme, yes. Ben. It's extreme. No. <laughs> Honestly, uh, uh, the maid, every man needs a maid. I started realizing it's about like uh, a dude uh, being mad at women. He's mad at women. Yeah. I don't know he does, what. He the can't f- trust them. It's, a, it's just, a weird, yeah. it's a weird song. Yeah. So you might say it's extreme. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if he's really trying to make a point with that. I think he's yeah. just mad at women. He didn't go through the yellow pages to get a mate. He wrote a song about it. That's extreme. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about extreme genres of music, uh, dabbling around with Nazi stuff, back in the 70s, the punks, both in New, both in New York and England, regularly used Nazi imagery to piss off the general public for whom World War II, especially in England, was a very real memory mm-hmm. and a very recent memory. They use these images because they want to be as scary as humanly possible. The whole point is to piss people off. Yeah. Right. And so they use the thing what makes people really mad. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. So it's like Nazi shit makes people mad. So they use it. And now it's like, well, but the problem is that they were really, really bad. Yeah. And so now you're just bad now. Yep. Yeah. And it's not a good bad. It's 
Is that helping you sell records bad? It kind of helped the Sex Pistols to sell records because that was one of the things that mm. really pissed people off about him. Like, Sid Vicious loved his swastika T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, and it was either Johnny, I can't remember which one, it was either Johnny or D.D. Ramon, probably Johnny, who had a full collection of SS uniforms that he used to wear around New York City. Huh. And he used to suck dick for money. No, that D.D. used to suck dick for money. Don't confuse it. <laughs> the two, <laughs> trust me, D.D. and Johnny Ramon are two very different people. Oh, just, but just go read. Please kill me for more information about that. What a what a fun title that is. Oh yeah, uh, it's wearing a swastika in England during that time is equivalent to wearing a margarine shirt in Wisconsin. That's a <laughs> that's a fun You're, joke. What is wrong with you? It's a because mar- it's Buttertown. It's a butter state. Right. Are you writing for Reader's Digest? I've got a I've got a big job? headlining update. I got a big headlining show <laughs> oh, October twentieth in Ohio. I'm coming that's up with fits, right. and I think right. that's I got a new opener. Kissel did not like my joke. Kissel loved my joke because he wanted to talk about I forgot what it was it was so I had a he was talking know. about something about horses oh yeah but like get rid of the confederate soldiers keep the horses as a part of the statue sure. that's a funny bit and I said what I thought would be a funny bit is about the idea that we consider horses to be athletes right oh, like you know when Sea Biscuit was shows like athlete of the year but the thing is that like in Italy they eat horse meat right <laughs> so that'd be like if us in America just ate LeBron like we ate LeBron steaks and uh. Kissel didn't like that that material, that source material. You know, I'm getting into black metal, and I don't, I can't laugh anymore. If I could laugh, I would laugh so hard at that hilarious bit about eating uh, LeBron James. Well, the point is, with few uh, exceptions, both in metal, both in black metal and in punk, they use this stuff for shock value. For fuck's sake, mm. Joey Ramone's real name was Jeff Hyman. Hyman. Uh oh. Yeah, he was about as Jo Joey Ramone was about as Jewish as you could get. Now, most of these guys, they weren't taking it seriously. They weren't having rallies and meetings and printing off pamphlets. There's no. a big difference between using swastikas in art and marching side by side with Nazis. Of course. And real and trying to spread the word about it. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are using it for a very specific purpose. They're not just doing it's it. Still, the problem is it's just still dumb. It's still dumb. It's still yeah. dumb shit. I'm not saying but it's, it's you know, great, but it's it's still dumb. <laughs> I mean, they're a bunch of kids. Well, they're shaking. That's what art does. Art has to shake you out of the norm, otherwise you're not going to recognize it. Which uh, American Horror Story, using the the circles. Was it tryptophobia? Is that yeah, the name yeah, of it? Yeah. A lot of people are getting upset with that, but it's like that's what art is supposed to do, shock yeah. you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of these guys still hold fascist, racist, and homophobic beliefs, to be sure. And some of them even assume leadership roles of a sort, for example... Varg Vikernes. Mm. But he's always the he's just the worst one of all of them. He's, he's the obviously worst. we're gonna he's fun he's fun though at the same time. Yeah, he's yeah. a nerd. Yeah, and I mean in other words, some of these guys became what they pretended to be. Mm. But the vast majority of the ones in the black metal scene who said some pretty heinous shit, particularly Fenris of Dark Throne, who was featured in the documentary Intel the Light Texas, have let that shit far in the past. Mm. But nevertheless, all of this, the Satan, the Vikings, the Nazis, would all be fused together and taken extremely seriously by the black metal community in the early 90s with deadly results. Yikes. And speaking of dead, let's get into mayhem. Yeah! I love Mayhem. I would say, in terms of all the albums I listen to, uh, all of their shit is—it's really good. It's really raw. It's very like to the point where like half of it's bad, but that's kind of what they wanted. So when you listen to a song, and I think, "Oh, that's a terrible song," and I'm like, "They were right." Yeah, (laughs) I I listen to them, and how do those drummers do it? 
Man, it's that fucking black metal drumming and just metal drumming in, spe- in particular, but specifically black metal drumming, I do not know how they do it. They have to be more jacked than Carl Panzerum. Yeah. They must be huge <laughs> yeah. under that shirt. I mean, actually, I think a lot of them are my size. Well, yeah, some of them are really big, like Hellhammer was a was a pretty big dude, but a lot Lord. of them are just like these tight, ropey, skinny fucks like me. A lot of ladies love the drummers. Yeah, that's right. They do. With good reason. <laughs> Did you just take out your Invisalign before the show started? or <laughs> Now, Mayhem, they are the fathers of the second wave of black metal, founded in 1984 by guitarist Oistin Ersith, a.k.a. Euronymous, a Greek name meaning Prince of Death. Oh, this poor man. <laughs> this poor He is sort of a victim. We'll yeah. talk about this. He's a, he kind of, yeah, oh. Uh, Euronymous is a, he's a pretty he's a very interesting character yeah. but he he got in way over his head. Yes. He pushed he pushed things way too far, way past where he could handle them. Yeah. But Euronymous. Euronymous just sounds like a kind of a um a, a scientist that works out. It's a very <laughs> like it's not the it doesn't seem like, you know, it doesn't have the same like uh, ag- aggressiveness yeah. uh, as uh, as Venom did. Yeah. Hello, Nurse Audrey. Thank you for coming into my laboratory. Hand me my beaker over there. Crushed it. <laughs> oh too strong to be a scientist, aren't I? Now Nurse Audrey. Remove my lab coton. What do you see? Oh, yes. Nothing underneath. Where are you going? Euronymous. <laughs> well, Euronymous was joined by bassist Jörn Steberud, a.k.a. Necro Butcher, and drummer Jan Axel Blomberg, a.k.a. Hellhammer, who is yeah. one of the aforementioned people who always have been and always will be real stain of a human being. Hellhammer's a piece of shit. It's a great name, though. It's- Euronymous, Necro Butcher, and Hellhammer. Yeah. I mean, two out of three, mm-hmm. pretty badass. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. awesome. But here's a clip from Mayhem's first EP, Death Crush, from the song of the same name. I just picture the scene from Wayne's World when Garth is like, get out of my way. And the guy's like, what did he call him, a nerd or something? Excuse me. You should see me at the gym listening to this shit. When I am at the gym, like, I am just going crazy. It's great. It's, I must be very scared. I love the idea of you at the gym just, like, curling 10-pound weights, just aggressively <laughs> listening to this next to dudes just, like, jacked up. Me and my bands. I'm doing the bands, like, all my tension training. <laughs> oh, man, I... God, I love Death Crush so much. Absolutely. So much fun. Just picturing Henry using, bringing his own thigh master to the gym, just lying down. <laughs> Excuse me, can I can I have a towel? Can I have a towel? I just want to, I don't want to get the pl- any of the floor mats wet or anything because I know how unhygienic that is. Excuse me. <laughs> Slowly moving my knees in and out. And that EP also has one of my favorite metal song names, Chainsaw Guts Fuck. Oh. Yeah. What's that one all about? <laughs> So in 1988, Mayhem got a package from a vocalist named Per Unlen containing a demo tape, a letter, and a teeny little crucified mouse. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> what did he start a podcast about serial killers and true crime? And that's the <laughs> shit that you get in the mail all the time? Oh, yeah. 
Was it a real mouse? It was a real mouse. Oh, leave the mouse alone. And it wasn't like taxidermied nice or anything like that. It was a decaying, rotting mouse that was just nailed to a little cross. Un- unbelievable. You mean a great application to be in a fucking black metal band? Yeah. I guess so. He And he got in, too. No kidding. Yeah, he joined the band as a vocalist and took on the pseudonym Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the reason why he called himself dead was because he actually believed that he was dead. He believed that he had died as a child and was still somehow on this earth living, as he said, in a dream that he would soon wake up from. The only things that I can hope for is that one day I wake up in the bedroom of a nobleman as a beautiful, nude, illuminated boy because... <laughs> Deep inside of me somewhere, that is what I'm trying to find within my music, is the wonderful, innocent, nude, illuminated boy <laughs> that is inside every mine. Your name is Dead, <laughs> huh? Okay. <laughs> it's pronounced Deed. Oh, I see. <laughs> now, it's speculated that Dead actually suffered from Cotard syndrome. What's that? Uh, it's the same mental illness that Richard Chase suffered from. It's really? where you may remember Cotard syndrome from. Uh, that's the one that drove Richard Chase to drink the blood of his victims in order to replace his own. Can you imagine, though, if Richard Chase actually learned how to play an instrument? <laughs> hey, everyone! Welcome to my show! Honestly, I go through a lot of horseshit in day to day. I don't know if you can tell, but my eyeballs are backwards. Uh-huh. But you guys make me feel good. You guys make me feel at home. This is the okay, best. Okay, and a one, two, three, four. I am Mickey Mouse. He's my friend. <laughs> totally, totally at home. Totally fine. I love it. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha, and it started off my day. Correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. 
as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, this belief of death that he was dead, of course, led him to be obsessed with death in all its forms. He carried around a dead crow in a plastic bag and would sniff it before a show so he could sing, quote, with the stench of death in his nostrils. It's just so lame. (laughs) Isn't that? That is so corny. It's super. These guys are corny as fuck. They all said the same shit about how, like, everybody asked me, like, so what was dead like in person? And all the people in Mayhem would be like, Dad was very depressed. He loved Transylvania, and he yearned for the peace of the coffin. Because that is what his whole thing was, is that he was a vampire, uh-huh. and that he was also a werewolf, and he would just draw the... His drawings are actually pretty sweet. They are. They're very, like, dark. They're very, very dark, but they always just be like, Dad is depressed. And it cuts to a whole <laughs> movie of him just dancing in a field with, like... Because he had long, beautiful Swedish hair. Yes. Like, he just looks like... He looks like a beautiful woman from behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when you flip him around... He's just a horrible, gross, skinny, Marcus body man. Sniffing a dead crow. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on with this guy? Yeah, he would also bury his clothes days before a show and then dig them up on the night of to get both the look and smell of being buried under the earth. Okay. Yeah. Very committed. Yeah, very I give cool. him credit for that. Yeah, and one time he even asked his bandmates to bury him alive so he could get the paleness. 
uh-huh. of a corpse. Could he just use makeup? Yeah. Well, that's ma- what he ended up doing because his friends would not bury him alive. Yeah, because he's not David Blaine. He's not <laughs> He's not Copperfield. He's never going to come back. Yeah, so he did use makeup, and he became the originator of the infamous black metal corpse paint that is as much of a tradition in the scene as band logos that are impossible to read. Hmm. A corpse paint is exactly what it sounds like. It is an exaggerated use of black and white face paint to make one look like, what else? A corpse. Hmm. And here's where things get really interesting in the history of black metal, specifically in Norway. Whether on purpose or not, a lot of the traditions in black metal have very real cultural roots in Norse mythology, specifically in a legend called... The Wild Hunt. Ooh, the, the Wild Hunt! Now, yeah, the, what's the Wild Hunt all about? Well, the Wild Hunt, known in the native tongue as the Uskarai, were harbingers of doom. A gang of dead souls led by Voden that rode through the night sky, sometimes flying down from the clouds to kidnap innocents, to take them away to the underworld, causing mass destruction and mischief upon the way. Come Whoa. get me, Woden. Come get me. <laughs> Tongue out emoji. Hey, sorry, I'm so random. Come get me, Woden. <laughs> take me with you, please. Uh-oh. <laughs> just... uh, but... But what I do like is that this is the Odin in a certain form as the yeah. soul bringer and the, the the king of dark souls. What you start to find out is that Odin in mythology is kind of like Bugs Bunny where he takes on personas like certain hmm. shit where one he's like a chieftain. <laughs> Bugs Bunny was the best you could come up with to compare him to. No, he's got <laughs> me. He's got me hooked here. I'm interested see? to see where this I'm goes. Educating. I'm educating. Yeah. But it's like he did. It just he would take on roles. To to play certain facets yeah. of the Godhead, where it's like the idea of like the wisdom bringer. Each one caused pain to him, where you mm-hmm. would like pluck out his eyes. He became a woman and was fucked. And he said, "Is this?" He'd also um, like do the thing that was like anti the idea of other Norse gods, where he would perform female magic, which was a good, it's all about duality, which also then harkens back to Satanism again, which they use because the idea of using the Baphomet sigil, the original idea of like the man woman. You know, living, dead, duality yeah. that all of us shit's supposed to represent. So if Bugs Bunny is Odin, is Elmer Fudd uh, this fella here? The fella that we're talking about. <laughs> God damn it. Which fella? Dad? <laughs> Dad. I forgot his name because it's like not, it's a concept, not a name. <laughs> Yeah, and Henry, you mentioned the the Satanism just a little bit. Is it really the Satanism that these guys uh, performed that they subscribed to? It was not Levian Satanism. And in fact, they fucking hated Levian Satanism. They despised any sort of humanist concept. These guys were into medieval Satanism. I, from my understanding, it doesn't seem like anyone likes Anton LaVey. I think he's fun. But the official Church of Satan doesn't like him. Well, it's because they got too serious. He even just yeah. said, someone literally just tweeted a quote at me saying that the, a, a good musician has to have a sense of humor because if not, they're too pretentious to be a good magician. Like, you have to, like, the Anton LaVey, was, he sold it. He was the salesman of Satanism. Mm. Mm-hmm. I see. All right. Well, back to the wild hunt. They would destroy roofs, clog chimneys, nail doors shut, and, according to an article reprinted in Lords of Chaos about the similarities between black metal and the wild hunt, they would lock up the he-goat in the kitchen. What does that mean? I don't know. What's a he-goat? I think it's just a goat. I actually think that's a good new term for saying your flies down. Yeah. (laughs) So you better lock up that (laughs) he-goat. That's where the goat wants to be. The goat wants to be in the kitchen, and that's mischievous, Ben. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine being the... 
poor parents of these kids going down at midnight to try to get some milk because you got a damn stomach ache and you see the goat in there and you're like they did the he goat they did the he goat trick again barb good lord i knew we should have never had him no, the Wild Hunt were, of course, fueled by alcohol and would raid beer stashes, emptying the kegs and leaving them filled with either their own urine or what sounds like massive quantities of horse piss. Yeah, they're the tridelts <laughs> from fucking Animal House. There is something so fraternity about all of this. And they were also said to dress themselves up like ghosts, painting around their eyes with coal, just like black meddlers. And their coming yeah. would be paired with a, quote, hellish din with the wild hunt both singing and speaking in falsetto i hope that none of you can sleep because we are here just me and my horse and my dog and my crow and my good friend Woden. i am Woden, highest voice of all i am Woden. all of you will fall to the hands of Woden. yep and that correlates perfectly with the first time the sentence was ever uttered in Norway. Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn! Uh, it could be argued that black metal's trademark screeching vocals are a falsetto of a sort. I'm not screeching, I'm singing. This is just your being racist because this is my accent. Sounds painful. And just like in black metal, the Wild Hunt rarely ever used their real names, and they were all said to be between 15 and 25, the same age range as the Norwegian black metal scene in the early 90s. Hmm. But most strikingly, the aim of the Wild Hunt in Norway was to punish people who violated Norse tradition. But we'll get more into that later when we get to the church burdens. Ooh. Now, it could be that this, as is pointed out in Lords of Chaos, is some sort of like Jungian cultural memory that black meddlers were essentially drawing from a collective unconsciousness to recreate legends of the past unbeknownst to them. Hmm. But it could also be that they just read a fucking book, thought this whole thing was cool, and drew inspiration from it. Could be. But these guys weren't really book readers. Euronymous maybe was a little closer to a researcher. It's really Varg Vikernes that brought, like, the idea of being a Nordic scholar into metal, yeah. it seems like, because he went really deep. He went super uh, deep, it, but it, he was the first one to go super deep. And this should have been go already been going on for a while by the time Varg yeah. showed up. Yeah, and... Dead just took the corpse paint. It sounds like he. they said they talked about it like it was Kiss because they loved yeah. Kiss. And so they were like, they were like, we should do something. Yeah, actually, I heard. But that's the thing is that there's always contradictions because I read an interview yesterday that said that the exact opposite, that he wasn't trying to look like Kiss, that he was trying to actually look like a corpse. Interesting. Because Dead was very but serious. He was. That's kind of what Kiss was trying to look like, wasn't it? Like corpses? No, they were trying to look like kitty cats. But that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to up the theatrics. Yes. Because they, and one was a star man, <laughs> and the other one had a long tongue. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. So pre-dead, Mayhem was mostly concerned with death, violence, and having, quote, a fucking good time. Cool. But it seems like when dead joined, things got a little more serious and oh. a little dark. Oh. It was like when I joined last podcast on the left in the third episode. Actually, it is kind of like that. <laughs> well, it didn't get more serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more deep, more real. Yeah. Mm, okay. Could be. All right. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> now, at one show, Dead broke a beer bottle halfway through and cut his arm so deep he made himself sick from blood loss, but still finished the show. Good for him. Gushing blood, and when they took him to the hospital after, he was told it was too late for stitches, so he just got a fucking badass scar. And so they literally partied around him in the after party while Dead sat on a couch saying, like, I wish I could have a good time, but I don't feel good. And they're like, we yeah. know you don't feel good, man. You fucking cut your, you slashed your fucking wrist tonight. And he's like, it was metal, but like, this is kind of the consequences of your actions, man. Yeah. And he's just like, does somebody blow like some weed like at me, man? Because also, like, I have a weed test coming soon for my work in McCracken's, which is the Norwegian version of McDonald's. Oh, I love it. You know, Mick Foley used to do this every single night, though, and he never complained once. Oh, I know. And the thing was is that this was not an in-the-moment thing. This wasn't a super Oh, he pre-planned this? Oh, he not only pre-planned it, he was out, he was backstage before the show jabbering about it. Like, I'm going to cut myself tonight. Just watch me. Just watch me. Fucking do it, Dad. Just fucking do it. If you're going to talk about it so much, just fucking do it. He's like, fine, I will do it. I will do it. But everybody should, because he would talk about how, like, Mayhem played maybe six shows. Somewhere on there. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. A lot yes. of these black metal show these black metal guys didn't play live shows. Yeah, oh, because they were, okay. they were there wasn't enough of a scene. So you talk about these are where well, you would talk about like because all the people in in the documentary until the light takes us that talks about this night they were talking about they were like we all knew the whole metal scene knew that Dead was going to cut himself and we knew and we tried to stop him but he said he had to, he wanted to see people's reactions when his blood was spilled onto the stage and it was twenty five people. <laughs> Wow. All showed up, all saying the same shit, standing with dead, because I've done comedy shows like this. Of and course. I was in the black metal version of comedy when it came to Murder Fist. That's what we were. And so I remember being half the crowd of a show, 10 yeah. deep, <laughs> like just sitting there and we're all being like, we're going to cover each other in like liquid f- fake shit tonight. And everyone's be like, yeah, man, cool, yeah. And it's like you walk, all right, all right, see you at the show. Yeah, cool, man, see you at the show. You walk five feet forward, you're on stage. You're on stage. <laughs> you just do the show. As soon as the sketch is done you're like and now I've got to be an audience member so you rush back to watch the sketch and then you come <laughs> that's exactly what comedy is starting out for the first 20 years or so yeah somewhere around there <laughs> Now, Mayhem shows, even though they only played a few, and even though there really weren't that many people at them, they were the stuff of legend. Uh, they would use decayed pig's heads on steaks that they bought from the local butcher to line the front of the stage. And a lot of times, the band would start the show by throwing a big pig head into the middle of the crowd, which usually caused them to lose about half their audience yeah. immediately. <laughs> there was actually Hell yeah, dude. there was a Hell band. Yeah, that- they, don't, they shouldn't be there, man. They can't fucking you should don't be there. Fucking leave. Yeah, dude. that's what they said. They said it's they can't handle the pig's heads and they can't handle mayhem. So just throws the fucking pig's head out there. Well, I guess they can't handle being in a butcher shop either. I mean, it's not, you know, I think it would be scarier if they beheaded the pig out live on stage uh, or yeah. something. There was a band, uh, I believe you saw it, didn't you, Marcus? Or maybe Holden saw it from the Round Table of Gentlemen and Wizard and the Bruiser. Yeah. Uh, they played at Brooklyn Bowl and they had a huge vat of pig's blood and they kind of threw it or I don't know what it was on. It was on some sort of string yeah. and uh, the entire crowd left and I think the health department shut down the show. I don't know yes. if it was Brooklyn Bowl. I think that might have been Irving Plaza. It was, was, here, it was a venue in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, well, yeah. So, yeah, it was, a, that was pretty recent. I or a gutter. What, it was gutter, as a matter yeah, of yeah, fact, I, which is also a bowling alley uh, bar here in Brooklyn. Yeah. But, but yes, people got very upset. They got very And mad. a restaurant. <laughs> yes. And it was also a restaurant. That's right, that's right. And so when he has that big blood, I get being total metal, all right? We used to throw raw chickens into the, the audience. We thought it was funny. You know what I mean? But people are going to leave. They're sitting <laughs> yeah. there trying to eat chips and salsa. Uh-huh. You can't have big blood everywhere. Because I remember. <laughs> seen tweets about it people would be like 
man, really sad that they had to cancel. I forget the name of that band. It was like so sad they had to cancel that that show tonight, man. I was really looking forward to seeing tomorrow. I guess they got pig blood all over the chef's area. And it was like all, <laughs> it's just all these sad metalheads being oh like, my I guess they really should have kept it towards the stage. Yeah, in, in real you know? life, it sounds cool. It sounds like Gigi Allen. I would never, ever want to see Gigi Allen in, in real life, but I like the stories. Yeah, it was a black metal band. Yes. It was Wutane. Wutane, yeah. who is fucking awesome, too. Yeah. Like, I, I'd recommend getting into them, but yeah, they, uh, yep, they threw pl- pig's blood, and what else did they throw? I think See, they, that's the they had, the, oh, that's what it was. They threw a, gults, a goat skull full of pig's blood out into the audience, <laughs> which sounds awesome. And knowing uh, the hipsters in Williamsburg, it is good again to snap them out of their reality. Yeah. Listen, listen, we've all had a very fun time tonight, haven't we? We raised hell for the devil himself. <laughs> Can we get the goat's head back? I only have one. And we need it for tomorrow. Tomorrow night show. We're going on tour to Charlotte, South Carolina. <laughs> Where do they get all the goat's blood? That's what I want to know. Oh, you just go to a butcher, man. You can get you can get blood from a butcher. You go to a butcher and you ask him for a bunch of blood. He'll give it to you. All right. Yeah, butchers will sell anything. They'll do anything to make a buck. Good people. Mm-hmm. But you know the guys that were at the mayhem shows when they were throwing these pigs hat out into the crowd, they absolutely loved it. In fact, one idiot that was trying to be more metal than the rest of them, he took a huge bite out of one of the. <laughs> Raw, <laughs> decayed pig's heads. But, of course, it just made them violently ill. Yes, you're a person. <laughs> you're just a human biological I being. Could just so much time in the black metal scene seems to be spent by guys holding their stomachs going like, Man, I just don't, like, feel good. <laughs> you know, I don't feel... I'm, like, sick, like, all the time, man. I think it's, like, it's fucking four Celsius out. I don't even know how what temperature that is, dude. <laughs> it's fucking cold as shit out here. It never stops raining. I chewed on a pig's head last night. What was I even thinking? I gotta go into the office tomorrow. That's yeah. probably what gives them malignant defecation. Perhaps yes. that's how they come up with all the names of these songs. They just yes. eat rotten yes. foods, it's and they're like, I've got one called out. Regurgitation of the Gibber. How'd you come up with that name? I regurgitated giblets. <laughs> it's all just from hanging out in green rooms before the show. Yeah, they're, just, they're just like Adam Richman for Man vs. Food, the metal edition. <laughs> I'll eat the skull. But it all came to an end in 1991 when oh. Dad stuck a shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Ah. He was too fragile for this world. He's definitely the Kurt Cobain of the black metal scene. And yeah. besides just literally because he committed suicide, he is like that because he fucking kicked off this whole... The, he was like the rock star yeah. of the black metal scene. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the few guys in the black metal scene that nobody has a bad word to say about. Dead? Yeah, dead. Really? Yeah, usually these guys talk so much boring. shit about it. They talk so much childish little, childish little girl shit about mm. each other constantly uh, behind the back. Like, oh, he's not as metal as he says he is. Yeah. But dead is the only one that pretty much universally everyone says, this guy was the real fucking deal. They're like radio DJs with no actual content. <laughs> they just pick fights with one another, and then that's the whole reality show aspect of it. Our last sponsor for last podcast on the left this week is the new Paramount Pictures film, Mother. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. From filmmaker Darren Aronofsky... 
director of Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream. Mother stars Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer in this riveting psychological thriller about love, devotion, and sacrifice. Mother is darkly intelligent, well-acted, and rumored to be one of the most controversial films to come out of Hollywood in a long time. It's the kind of smart and scary psychological thriller director Aaron Aronofsky is known for, and is sure to generate a lot of discussion after the credits have ended, and you don't want to miss out on that. Mother is out in theaters September 15th. Go and see it, and don't miss the movie everyone will be talking about. So the story goes is that Euronymous, the guitarist, came home to the house where Mayhem all lived and found the door was locked. And since they inexplicably only had one key between them, oh. Euronymous crawled in through the only open window, the one leading into Dead's room. No, I remember when I lived with Eddie in Tallahassee, we lived in an apartment that the roommate before I moved in had destroyed the lock on the door because he was drunk, had lost his keys, and so he kicked in the doorknob, right? So the door never worked, and we never wanted to tell the manager to come fix the door because we were selling weed out of there and Mm -hmm. we didn't want the manager to come around so we just left that door unlocked broken but we had a stool in front of it good so our system was as if the stool got knocked over we know somebody came in the house (laughs) and so one night but also eddie for a while had kept an ak-47 for show in the the house when he would do it because we used to fuck around with it because it was fun where he goes to go shoot it and eventually he sold it when he lost everything after he got busted for selling weed and so when he when he one time (laughs) a lot of Information away on Eddie here. <laughs> this is all I Eddie. think he's disgusting. Yes. But yeah, yes, the door opened one time and he heard the stool go over the knock over and he's like, Hey, who's down there? Like from upstairs where we were because we had a two floor apartment and he got no response. So Eddie grabbed the AK 47, he just he racked it and he heard plumber. Plumber's here. <laughs> Scary day to be a plumber at the Larson house. That oh. must have been an unfortunate day uh, all around uh, for that poor plumber. The Larson Zabrowski home. Oh my oh, yeah, goodness! Yeah, 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 we did real good. <laughs> the PTSD that poor plumber. <laughs> Honey, you don't want to know what I saw today. And when Euronymous got inside, he found Dead lying on his side, slumped against the wall with oh. his wrist cut, a shotgun in his lap, a suicide note next to him, and half his head missing. Jeez. But instead of freaking out or calling the police or anything a normal person might do, Euronymous left the house, bought a disposable camera, and took pictures of Dead's corpse. And these pictures were later Mm. stolen and used as the album art for a live bootleg called Dawn of the Black Hearts, which is now generally accepted as a part of Mayhem's discography. It sounds very, uh, you know... It's uh, invasive, mm-hmm. but you get the feeling this is probably what Dad wanted. It's exactly what he wanted. I think there's a part of him exactly what I wanted, and he talked about too. It's like you know, in black metal, they notoriously don't have a sense of humor. But his suicide note was excuse um, excuses for the blood. Cheers. That was the only thing he wrote. It's exactly what he wanted to do. He was very, very depressed. Uh, he, uh, yeah. he wanted it. He had fantasized about it, and he finally built it. So apparently, because also yeah. it was sparked by you know, apparently Varg had sent him bullets in the mail. Like like in a way of like you're talking about suicide all the time. We're going to talk about this, but it was like. Allegedly. Allegedly. Bullets allegedly. Yeah. You know, they did have a sense of humor, though. They just needed a great podcast like last podcast on the left to open it up yeah. <laughs> and let them know you can laugh just at the smile. dark stuff. It's okay. Oh, there's plenty of guys out there, black metal guys. I mean, Lupe that we mentioned earlier, he has also the gay black metal southerner. Yes, it's a great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HailSatanYall.com. Oh. Now, 
Euronymous then collected fragments of dead skull and later made them into necklaces that he bestowed upon people in the black metal scene that he deemed, quote-unquote, worthy. <laughs> now, there are rumors that Euronymous kept, cooked, and ate some of Dead's brains, but those rumors were probably started by Euronymous himself, who could really only think of all the publicity the band was going to get from the suicide when he found Dead's body. And to that end, he let rumors fly that he himself had murdered Dead. He said, quote, Dead killed himself, but it is okay to let people believe that I might have done it because that will create rumors about mayhem. You know, this is before Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. There's other ways to get exposure now. <laughs> yeah, understood. Like, the one thing that black metal completely understood from the very beginning was publicity yeah and understanding that the rumor can do a lot of work for you like the more you spread the idea of legend which kind of actually works to the mm. weird norse background of a lot of the ideas in the music of this idea of building things that are larger in life things that are going to stand the test of time create true fear black metal was supposed to be something that was real it was supposed to like you weren't you were supposed to walk the walk so the reason why also dead gets nothing but respect is because he's the only one of these fuckers to actually kill himself mm. it's the one they're all like because that's all they wanted to do that's all they've been talking about in every song that they wrote the entire time about killing yourself and killing other people. Right. So it's like, you know, so he was the most metal. Cobain, so Cobain-esque. Have, yeah. And that's why we say, don't do it. We prefer everyone living. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, if you're if you're having suicidal thoughts or anything like that, reach out to someone. Call Suicide Hotline. It's not metal. It's not metal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not metal. metal. You it's, know what's metal? You know what's more metal? Getting to the show. <laughs> that's an awesome thing to do. <laughs> You know, and that's the amazing thing about some of these guys. They seem to not really give a shit about each other, who lived and who died. The way they casually mm. talk about death would unsettle a serial killer. But there are a few exceptions. Bassist Necro Butcher was devastated when Uranus called him with the news and said, quote, Dead is son. Hey, hey, Necro Butcher, what's up? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Mrs. Necro Butcher. <laughs> is Necro Butcher home? I just need to talk to him on the phone. Dead has done something really cool. He killed himself. And he did actually say that. He said, Dead has done something wow. really cool. And as far as the reasons why Dead killed himself, Euronymous <laughs> took this as an opportunity to blow out the story even more, trying to sound real cool, but actually coming off like a little petulant child. This shit hmm. is pathetic. This is his actual statement to the press. We have declared war. Dead died because the trans people have destroyed everything from the old black metal death metal scene. Today, quote-unquote, death metal is something normal, accepted, and funny, arg, which is real. I didn't even put that in there. <laughs> and we hate it. Oh. It used to be spikes and chains, leathers and black clothes. And this was the only thing Dead lived for as he hated this world and everything which lives in it. Hmm. Yeah, he's a <laughs> child. <laughs> so after Dead's suicide, Euronymous actually seemed more hyped up about the scene as ever and opened up a record store in Oslo with his parents' money called oh. Helvetta, which is the <laughs> Norwegian word for hell. And really, Welcome I mean, I, to hell. All of you, come, welcome, welcome to hell. Please just, if you would, don't put any of the spiked pants on and any of these stools. My mom still got that. Just It's just a down payment on there. I have to get a couple of payments in, okay? No, no, no. Please do not put any pig's blood on any of these counters. My mom just put this. There was just, there's a down payment only on all of these things. I do not own these things yet. I cannot believe he used his parents' money to yeah. start a record store called hell. Oh, yeah. And then later when uh, the, the media really 
really started getting involved uh, after the church burnings and all of that shit. Uh, he wouldn't let the press into the store because his grandma told him not to. That's a great reason not to do something, though. <laughs> Grandmother. And he also had to apologize for wearing a white sweater once to a rehearsal for Mayhem. And he said, I'm sorry, my grandma gave it to me and she wanted me to wear it. And I saw her this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. It is, a, it is adorable. It is adorable. That's the thing is that, like, these guys, like, they took themselves so seriously for a bunch of kids hanging out in a record store paid for by their parents. Right. <laughs> now, Euronymous's idea was that he would sell all kinds of metal records to bring people in, even the so-called trend music, as he called oh. it, like Napalm Death. He specifically name-dropped Napalm Death. Okay. Now, he said, quote, This would help us earning money so that we can order more evil records for evil people. <laughs> but that was a true, because that's what they said. It's like, black metal is only for truly evil people. You have to be evil. Everybody uh-huh. around is evil. And now what Aronymous is very smartly doing is creating a hub for black metal where he's got a nice little basement where people go to. They spray painted a really shitty pentagram on the wall mm. where all the bands would go to fuck like at night when their parents were home, where they would people would crash that were visiting from other places he created an epicenter that allowed it to be like he became leader of it Mm -hmm. and he could say that's real that's true that's real metal that's real metal that's false metal and and hold court like a nerdy stinky playboy mansion for no one that actually wants to have fun oh listen to this shit their original idea for the shop was to make it pitch dark inside so people would have to carry torches to browse records (laughs) that sounds fun in (laughs) no way is that a fire hazard that's totally cool after realizing that was a stupid fucking idea they settled for just making Making it very dark instead. It is dark. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, a lot of times they would even talk about that in interviews. They were like, Alberta, man, you know, like it was no joke, you know, like it really was like. Honestly, very dark. Like, I, yeah. I, like to a point where it is, it's discouraging to people trying to buy a record because, like, I'm going there, I'm trying to spend money, but right. I can't read. I'm jump, I'm bumping into things. He's screaming at me about how he hasn't finished the down payment on half of these <laughs> things that are in the store, and I'm like, well, maybe if we put like a fucking lamp, even some like candles or something, dude. Right. <laughs> maybe it's, not a great businessman. <laughs> oh, he was an awful businessman, mm. which is gonna possibly lead lead to some shit later on at least a theory of some of the shit that uh happened later on and so the black metal scene finally had a hangout a central gathering place for black metal musicians and fans and people would actually show up in the middle of the day hmm. painted up with corpse paint to try to be a part of the group because that's fun he said it was a mandate right it became out of being like you have to go you have to impress Euronymous. yeah so these Poor dudes would just show up and just like on the bus, like <laughs> full corpse paint, like being driven by their parents out there, just being like, "Don't wait for me outside, mom. No, you just go around the corner, go to the fucking store. I have to go talk to Euronymous, the king of evil." Oh my god, like a Studio Fifty Four for goths. Oh yeah, a lot of these guys from came from wealthy secular families. No kidding, they had time to dress up in paint and go to a record store. Yeah, in other words, these were guys who were. Desperately looking for something to rebel against. And the best they could come up with, in the words of some of their own members, was that life with Norway's high standard of living was too good. Uh oh. That's what they said. And Norway was also a very liberal. Very liberal country. Yeah. Um. Uh. They the idea of like the the idea that what what Varg Vikerson ends up getting is twenty one years is the most you'll be for for arson and murders and all of this shit. Like it's a very lax prison system. It's very like it's a sweet place. 
Oh, yeah. It's yeah. too nice. Yeah, it's way too nice. Yeah, in fact, when uh, Varg, when some of these guys got arrested later on, uh, they were saying, like, this prison is too nice. No. It's way too nice. I've got a toilet here. This should yeah. be much, it should be much like, worse than this. Oh, my God. He was screaming about how he wanted to be put into a dungeon. Yeah. They all should have just, they, they need to be sent to New Orleans. They need to be sent to Angola. Yeah. <laughs> just have, just understand how, what difficult life is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put you in a supermax prison and see how much, how brutal you think that is. Yeah, man, get their wig split, dude. Uh-oh. Get their fucking butt cheeks spread. They're not going to fucking handle yeah. it. They run into Big Herc. They big Herc. They're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah, yeah. And we're not saying that that's good or that's better or anything they wanted like it, that. Though. But that, that's yeah. what they want. So by mid-1991, the black metal scene revolving around Helvetia included bands like Dark Throne and Immortal and Emperor, who I fucking love, and, of course, Mayhem. These guys were referred to by Euronymous as the Norwegian Black Circle. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but there was... It sounds like a circle jerk, but everyone is soft. <laughs> it sounds like the thing that is forming in this chair from the puddle of sweat that happens from my butt every time we do the show. <laughs> Things the audience didn't want to know, but now do, from Henry Zabrowski. But there was one band that was the driving force of the infamous crimes that most people know the Norwegian black metal scene for. That band was Burzum. And it only had one member that we have mentioned many times already, Varg Vikernes, a.k.a. Count Grishnak. I actually think his original name is more scary. Yeah. Yes. Just go no, with his original name. Is like, is it his real name like Stephen Christian? He his, his, it from real, Varg, yeah. his real name is Christian oh, yes. Vickerness. That's also good. Yeah. And then he changed it to Varg, and then uh, he gave himself uh, the pseudonym Count Grishnak. <laughs> Uh, and we'll we'll get to know Count Grishnak in all his bullshit glory uh, oh in episode two. Count Grishnak sounds like he he loves M and M's, but only the brown M and M's. He he has them all separated. Well, what I hope is that by next episode, that you guys read all three to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so that you can understand some of the the hot wisdom. Yeah. That Count Grishnak throws down mm-hmm. because he breeds a lot into it. I think we're going to have to, uh, we'll have that nerd alert on, on full blast uh, oh, the next oh, episode, yeah. I yeah, think. You listen, oh, yeah. to, you listen to Vargas, <laughs> like, I hate the, I hate the hobbits. The hobbits are just, they're terrible. I'm more, I'm more identified we're, with we're, we're, <laughs> We've got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. Like, he said the elves remind him of pompous shoes. They're like, wow. <laughs> what a psycho. Wow. That's like, what a way <laughs> oh, to flip it. Oh my God. It was never yeah. supposed to be offensive. No, it's not. you just got all the way to the bottom of it. Oh my God. All right. Well, that is part one Norwegian black metal very informative and uh, go to get out there and listen to some music i guess uh, yeah. that uh, might blow your minds yeah the first this first episode like this is uh, just laying the groundwork for everything it's just what you need to know to really understand how all this ended up in fucking you know over 40 churches being burned and Jeez. two murders it got really serious it's kind of interesting to see how like it was a, this nerdy real movement of just people like cuz they all made really cool music it's like great music. during this time period really cool music's going around they're really uh they're they're dedicated people they're trying to make i, li- I like the idea of the total like uh, the non-ironic 
like we're into this like i love real metal i love that people that are really like are true metal heads uh and but it's crazy how it spins into murder yeah like it becomes a whole thing where it's like a rep people's rep is like is is too much it's what it, it's why like oh, the same thing with the east coast west coast rap battles were happening too where it's like there, there's something about reputation and 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 you're standing on the street yep. that like it, that pride is is really evil and yeah. then of course there's a lot of people i don't know about the norwegian black metal scene but in the hip-hop reference making money off of it yeah i love it i don't they, think it was quite there with they, them no but, it was not yeah. quite there with them yeah uh but the thing is about uh, these guys, about rep and uh, about street cred, is that there's a reason why shit got more intense after Dead killed himself. Because Dead upped the ante. Yes. Oh. You know, Dead Dead took it to the next level because at this point, these guys were still just hanging out. Yeah, they were talking about doing evil shit. They were talking about being evil. But then when Dead killed himself, that upped it to the next phase you, you know, know what? so Euronymous had to start talking more shit about being evil and about being more metal than anything else and then when Varg uh, mm-hmm. comes into the scene it's pretty much Euronymous and Varg egging each other on and just trying to one up each other uh, and then it eventually ends in the deaths of three people because a lot of people yeah. just say it's two murders but a fucking fireman died during one of those church burnings think about that you know the best way to do it the best way to up the ante is what Alice Cooper did just start playing in golf. There is nothing more metal <laughs> than just throwing a bu- lateral a move. Metal. Make a new metal. Like, show new you, like, metal. hey, look, I can wear white. But that's what you were else going to find out what Euronymous was doing, too. There was a point where Euronymous was really into, he was really into electronic music. And he was slowly Uh-oh. but surely trying to bring it into the scene. And, like, yeah. and people did not enjoy that. We'll get was, into it. Yeah, yeah. he was apparently, Euronymous was apparently a huge Brian Eno fan. Really? It's I'm fucking, I'm a gigan- that is I'm a so gig- not shocking, yeah, actually. I'm a gigantic course. Brian Eno fan. Yeah. So that kind of made it like, hey, you're on us. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's see here. I want to thank everyone. We want to thank everyone who came out to our shows in North Carolina. Seriously, just such a wonderful, uh, awesome experience. Everyone yeah. was so cool. Maybe one of the sweetest groups of people. They were awesome. Yeah, honestly, everywhere I went, I got talked to by everyone, like waitresses and waiters and people around, like on the street, bartenders. Everybody's so cool. Yeah, and it's beautiful. North Carolina is just gorgeous. Yeah. So uh, thank you all for being so awesome yeah absolutely yeah we got to hang out with a bunch of fans there like super fucking cool people uh yeah we want to just thank y'all for being really fun why did we stay out to 3 30 we stayed out till well, 3 30 yeah, this was morning. a rare occasion i was home by 12 30 yeah because uh, my eyes went cross when I was talking to someone, and I was like, time to go. Yeah. You were on autopilot at one point. I saw you, and you were just like, what if we just burn this whole bar down? Like, you said, like, <laughs> some weird cryptic thing. And I was like, Kissel, you all right? And I was just like, I'm just saying playing with ideas. I'm just playing with ideas. <laughs> I'm not sure if I requested yeah. arson, but perhaps. Yeah. But, uh, yes, that was a wonderful experience. Yeah, and then me and Henry ended up at a windowless bar talking uh, with a bunch of people about the Mongolians and huh. the Great Plague. Well, I'm happy you guys made it out alive, and uh, we'll be in Toronto coming up very soon as well. Yes. Another Just for Laughs festival, Um, but if we're learning anything from today's show... It's not just for laughs. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. It's also for edutainment. Yeah, we're coming Guys, to Toronto. If you please buy those tickets to Toronto. Toronto's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's going to be on uh, September 22nd. Uh, that's coming up. And then uh, can't yep. wait to come to Pittsburgh. Uh, we're sold out for that show, but just keep a look, watch on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times if people can't come, they tweet at us and we'll retweet it. Uh, so that's a great reason to uh, go follow us at LP on the left. That's right. Uh, LPN Network is uh, up and in full display. You can check out uh, Abelian's Top App for Everything Political, Wizard and the Bruiser, for uh, for video games and all things uh, nerd life, uh, movie sign with the Mads, 
Uh, let's see here. We got Roundtable of Gentlemen, Page Seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of great shows. So just check out everything on the LPN Network. Yeah, absolutely. Lastpodcastnetwork.com. That's right. Yes, and follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at the newly verified wow. at Ben Kissel, who is now a you're real now. I know. I feel How real. How does it feel to be real? You know, it just feels it feels no different. Yeah. No different at yeah. all. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So you got that crushing weight of reality on your shoulders, huh? Every day of my life. Vote September 12th <laughs> on Tuesday if you're unaffiliated. Uh, make sure to get out there in Brooklyn and vote. we got to beat these Republicans. Yes. It'll send a great message to all the young people wanting to get involved in uh, in politics in their, local, uh, in their local precincts or wherever they might be. It will be interesting. It will I be interesting. Follow us, follow us on Instagram at Dr. Van DC at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel, the number one, and follow us last podcast on left on everything at LP on the left. And I also made a uh, black metal playlist. It's, yes. very, it's very short. It's just like 10, 11 songs. You gave songs. it to me. I loved yeah, it. It's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. playlist. Yeah, I made it for both of these guys uh, to kind of like give them a bit of a primer. But there's some cool shit on there. If you go to uh, lastpodcastnetwork.com and go to uh, follow, there's a link to uh, my Spotify profile on there. So you can go and uh, follow uh, the black metal playlist that I made. And a ton. I've got dozens upon dozens of other playlists that I've made uh, throughout the year. So you can go and check all those out on there. Yeah. Yes, hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Hail me. Hail Asatro. Uh-oh. The pantheon <laughs> of Odetic Gods. <laughs> the Mag- writers of the song. Magustulations, everyone. Um, all right, it's time for the Patreon shout-outs. Thanks to, to everyone who has given to our Patreon. You are lifesavers, and the only reason we're able to do everything that we're doing. Of course, you guys got us off our feet. You guys got us on our feet, and you got us running now. That's it. So hail yourselves, everyone. Thank you so much. I will start. Joe Joe Foy. He has pledged a dollar. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Of course, we appreciate. Give me that dollar. <laughs> I'm dead serious. If everyone dollar. if everyone gave us a dollar, uh, that's that would be remarkable. Yeah, so yeah, thank you. We appreciate any and uh, anything and everything that you guys. Uh, can get. We appreciate every single one of you. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, Joe Foy, thank you so much, sir. Uh, Britt uh, Busehausen, Sherry Berry. Sherry Berry. Why is that name familiar? Right? I don't remember, but Sherry, hello. I don't know. Sherry Berry. That was the name of the uh, Department of Labor person in North Carolina. Her name was on in the elevator at our hotel. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Wow. Henry. Nerd alert. Wow. Henry's I'm a Browski alert. coming in with a nerd alert. <laughs> what, nerd alert? Because I have a memory? Kind of a nerdy memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sherry Berry, thank you. Steve Carley, Sarah Shea, Lance Dale, Bill Yates, thank you, Bill. Daniel Pettinude, Rebecca Porphoria, or Porphyria, 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 Rebecca, thank you. Emma Platt, Carl McNaught, Laura King, Molly Zabadow, Katie Pretty, Katie Pretty, Morgan Elvey, Zach Newman. Audrey Warner, Henry Rauschenberger, Henry Rauschenberger, Rauschenberger. Uh, Teresa Norstedt, 10 greetings from Airy Hair Extensions and Lithuania, but then it gets cut off. So t- <laughs> thank you, 10 greetings from Airy Hair Extensions uh, and Lithuania. Mitchell Lampanese, Isaac Balboa, Leah, Juliana Neal, Ben Shardell, thank you, Ben, Rob Townsend, Jessica Mercado. Noel Martin, Samantha Clark, Kate Ottowell or Odowell, Shannon Cook, Anna Krim, Jacob McCutcheon, Evan, Kara, Chris Ringer, Bo 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 Deegan, Bo Deegan, Bo Deegan, Bo Deegan, Bo Deegan, 
Lydia Pazniza. Lydia Pazniza. Uh, Pazniza? Yes, Lydia. Okay, thank you. Amanda Puddycum. Puddycum? Puddycum? It's P-U-D-D-I-C-O-M-B-E. Petticum. Let me see that. I love the name. Puddycum? Yes. Petticum. Puddycum. Yeah, it's a fun (laughs) name. Yes, don't get haunted if you are uh, English. Amanda Puddycum. Evan Sislowski, Kevin King, Allie Long, Justin Lauer, and Matt Novak. Thank you all so much. Okay. I've got Tom Batkin, Salmya Singh, Melissa Hill, Ooh. Emily Scooch, Ilsa Hennessy, Christopher Cooper. Oh, it's the actor. Ooh. Zeke LaFlame, Jill Nowadley, Victoria McCabe, Kel Thornton, Zach Andrews, Thomas Whitcomb, Carson Newman, Elliot Delap, Julia Gire, Ryan Russell, Tyler Wood, Akira Barrows, Dr. Bradshaw, Brad Uh-oh. Leszczak, Courtney Elmore, Henry Ho! Oof, we know one of them. <laughs> we got one of them. Paul H. Agicorte. Actually, it reminds me, I finally learned what the term thought means. What is it? The T-H-O-T, that ho over there. Oh! No, it doesn't mean that. Yes. Is that what it means? Yep. Well, T-H-O-T, uh, okay. that hoe over there. I thought it was meant something different. Nope. That that hoe over there, yeah. which I think yeah, is yeah. inappropriate. That hoe over there. But yep. this is another thing with the acronyms, then. They yeah. just spelled yes. the full also, word in the middle. Also, my other thing, of- too, is do you say, when it says AF on the thing, and I know it's supposed to mean ass fuck, do you say AF or do you say ass fuck? I think you say AF. Oh, man. I think it's up to you as a human. I, uh, what if I choose how you suicide? What if I just choose suicide? <laughs> Um, You're allowed to do whatever you Selena want. Selena Goss, Caitlin Gregory, Morgan Croft, Brian I, Emily Kirkpatrick, Heather Lynch, Ryan Cores, Molly Coffey, Brandon Thurston, Osama Bati, Gareth Sloan, MJ Hall, Christopher Johnson, Kiefer Smith, Andrew F. Dyer, Genevieve A. Hartman, Rick Underhill, Jekyll and Hyde, Andrea De La Hoss, Kai Diane, Alicia Kadam, Maggie Sengelsub, Linnea Seidelgard, Andre, Alex Webster, Cassie Collum, Katie McLean, Katie Davis, Alexander Phillips, Alex, Lane Aarons, Alicia Russo. I believe we know her. Okay. I believe we met her over at uh, Outlands, I believe. Very nice. Hail Satan, girl. Uh, Bianca Trujillo, Fernando Infanzon, Danish Tanvir, Kevin O'Brien, Dark Lorg, James Heish, Jessica, Diablo Sauce Packet, Riley Wolf, Janelle Burdett, and Ryder Jacobson. Did you say Diablo Sauce Packet? Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's a great name. I got Dylan Wedeke, uh-huh. Wedeke. Uh-oh. It's a, either Wedeke or Wedeke, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Catherine Lipinski, Bridget Dubin, James Avramenko, Tori Lacey, Ben Lee, Human Instrumentality Project. Yeah. Math. Good. Yeah, sure. dude, that's from Evangelion, dude. I like ah. it. Matthew Taylor, Charlie McAwesome, Elisa Landy, Chelsea Vance, Shelly Rainey, Rene, okay. Sarah Ray, Barry Bryan, Lucy Jane, Michael Rivera, Greg Lewis, Nick, Cody Hatch, Sam Hain. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Come so to the October funny. show. It's already so sold in. out, so it's too bad, but. Savin. Amy Haslam, Ibal, Carter Merritt, Jimmy Champagne, 
Oh, I like the Jimmy <laughs> Champagne. Wow. Lauren, Kaylin Williams, Molly Rebecca, Matt Kibler, Bonnie Wallace, Reiner Sambalay, Christy Tuppen, Alex Petralia, Patrick Scholes, Alexandra Brown, Elsa Matson, Elizabeth Fleming, Sarah Bridgeport, Charity Lang, Chance Broussard, Haley Green, Austin Sherrill, Jordan Pagano, right. Sarah Hill, and Stephanie Murphy. Hail yourselves. Thank you all very much. I got a couple of more names here. Yuri Bystrom. Thank you very much, Mr. Yuri. Corey coming in hot. Nicole Schultz. Jacob Birdwell. Rowan. Angie Wenham. Tasty troll bait. Oh, my goodness. No. Tasty troll. That is wild stuff. Uh, Diddy Jensen. Christina Castro. Megan. SMO. Itori. Michael Brookfield. Jamie Kigan or Sigan, I believe it's probably Kigan or Kigan. Jamie Kigan. Braddock Transtrom. Ooh, that's a great strong name. Braddock Transtrom. Joshua Joshua White. Dana Rizzo. Jared Wolf. G. Marco Simone. Uh, George Marston, who I must say, thank you, George. My goodness gracious. Did he give? He gave. Okay. Oh, he gave, Marcus. <laughs> oh, the, the, oh did George all. Marston give? Yes. Uh, M.D. Penman, James Tingle. I'll finish it up here with Alfred Garza, William Hayden, Chris Shotton, Whitney Alexander, Bruni, Ian Byram, Colin W. Lewis, Tony Moore, Christineer, Christineer, Bobby Dunnard, Seth Saylor, Christy Harris, uh, Serafina Cruz, beautiful name, Serafina Cruz, Michael, Sarah Hong, Amber B, Daniel Fortis, Sarah, uh, I'm assuming it's Sarah, but it might be Sari, uh, so I'm going to say Sarah Gessner or Sari Gessner, Mariana Violet or Valet, Neil French, Gavin Cab. Uh-oh, Gavin Crabtree, Nick Gieski, or Glasgow, Nick Glasgow. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves. Dan Masters, Casey Roscalella, Roccazella, Juliet Ashby, Letty Hunting, Mary Doyle, Chris Santango, J.D. Filiaga, Will Howard, Samantha Garcia, Leah Belancio, Zach Borjas, Dave Evans, Courtney Nicole. That's cute. Michael oh. Cahill, Becky, Tukiwa Lewis, Simon Tierney Wig, Ricky Zalmond, Joe Almanza, Trundle Manor, Thomas Robertson. My name is Thomas Robertson. Cosette de Casser. Cosette, I love you very much. That's from uh that's uh Les Mis. Oh. Uh, Patrick Shires. What does Lame stand for? The Miserables. Huh. Now, what would you want to hear about that? You're fucking, I'm going to, I just, (laughs) it is a wonderful story. Megan Floyd, Haley Ma, Casey Hermanson, Melinda Noble, Martine Baruch, Mick Carroll, George Athan, Bobby Heaton, Jody Faulkner, Michael Booth, X is the Weapon, Paulina Venegas, Anna Bautista, Toby Shields, Alex Quayler, Thomas, Julie Green, Chelsea Hoff, and Daniel Moore. All right. I got to round it all up. Haley Morris, Todd Burt, Autumn Campbell, Eric Silva, Lucian Dillon, Tyler Alley, Declan Fitzpatrick, 
Julie Q, Joe Rosenblum, Kathleen Jenkins, Caroline White, Greg Dunn, and Anna Malero, Anace Malero, Jessica. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name, Anace Malero. <laughs> Jessica, Sarah, come to New Hampshire, Rooney. Oh, it was a request. That's a request. Oh, all I'd right. Love to. Zach uh, Zakowski, I think, or Chakowski, one of the Let two. Let me see that one. This is yeah, my yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Zach Chakowski. Cool. Yep. There you go. Pablo Bias, The Biggity Bang. Huh. Randall. Samantha Rankins. Jerry Reed. Miles Curtis. Adam Wilson. Cameron O'Connor. Chelsea B. Kira Grant. Allison Stedman. Ryan Peterson. Haley Shanks. Brianna, Nina Gabriel, Callum Roberts, Kira Christopheritis, Lee Gallup, Melissa Kelly, Robert Smith, Vanessa Harris, Brett Gregory Thrasher, Jonas Kalioniemi, Kalioniemi, okay. Jacob Perron, Walter Mulligan, Elizabeth Kinney, Alicia Baradine, uh, Alice, Elise Manley, Katie O'Dell, Pam, Kat Kaneb, Dora Colton, Jeffrey Smith, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Speaking of, speaking of dead, huh? Speaking of dead. Wow. I love R.I.P., by the way. R.I.P. Swayze. Wow. R.I.P. Leah Jarvis, Kelly Jean, and Benjamin Davis Brockman. And one last big shout out to Mike from North Carolina. He, is, he got diagnosed with ball cancer. Oh. And I hope that he's fucking beating it right now. Uh, well, what do you? Well, I don't know if that's dreaded. the right term to use for it. You should fucking go at it. Yeah, you man, fucking you call him that <laughs> cancer out, Mike. He's a you very know? tall man. Uh, well, yeah, Mike, we're with you. And one more, Alex Petralia. All right. Um, hail yourselves, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to see you at the live shows. Hail Satan. Thank you for your money, and thank you for your support. Hail Gene, everyone. Magustalations. Yes, Magustalations. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 